You're listening to the Revenge of the Birds podcast, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network, hosted by Blake Murphy 7 and Johnny Touchdown. All about your Arizona Cardinals. And welcome in. This is the Revenge of the Birds podcast. We got the second part of our long podcast here. John, fortunately, is able to stick around for a little bit longer. He's with us. Walter Mitchell from Revenge of the Birds is also with us here. Uh, Let's start talking at least about the Cardinals. We've got positions in free agency. You've got offensive tackle has been signed. You've got Fitzgerald at wide receiver has been signed. Those are still kind of two of the biggest areas. You've got the defense as well. There's guys at all three levels to have to figure out. Walter, let's go ahead. What would be the position if you had to pick one spot to be able to sign a player, whether it's a big deal or what? what is, in your opinion, the most important position for the Cardinals here to address in free agency? I think I know what your answer is going to be here. Go ahead. Tell me what it is. I, you mentioned earlier with Javon Hargrave, I think that we saw the Cardinals, they brought back Fitz, which is a known, but they would make a focus on the trenches. I think that they would look at a defensive guy to be able to be stalwart to mirror what they did on the offensive side with the road grader like DJ Humphreys. Is, is, that, is my intuition correct there, or are you looking more of the secondary, the linebacker? Yeah, I'm looking at all three levels, but uh, on the defense, I like Hargrave. Um I like DJ Reader too. Uh, there are a number of of players there that that would be nice fits for us. Um, you know, I think Chris Jones, unfortunately, I think he's going to stay in Kansas City, so it's a moot point. Or so it's not even worth eighteen million a year. One of the two. <laughs> I would pay him that. <laughs> oh yeah, we're yeah. going around. That's a contract I actually would do um, because he, I think he's he's. Uh, He's a game changer, and, and, you know, he makes any defense good. He makes everyone around him better. Um, but here's the thing. I, the guy I'm willing to pay a little extra for is Corey Littleton of the Rams. Um, I think he's a, a perfect fit for the um, Will linebacker next to Jordan Hicks. I think he, they would make a superb tandem. The guy covers and he tackles. And, you know, what – if you can what get a more guy, can you ask for a linebacker to do right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's you know he's a superb athlete. He's got length. Um, you know, he's he grades out well in coverage. He can even cover tight ends. Woo! Um, which uh, obviously this year, you know, the, the NFC West just got Greg Olson. Yeah, I mean, new gap integrity. Left and right this year, let's just hope we got someone who can cover the tight end, other than Buda Baker, who's given up about five inches. Um, mm. But but you, you said it well, Blake. Um, you know, Buda put up a good show versus the 49ers and how he how he dogged um, you know the 49er tight ends, but um, and in particular Kittle. But uh, but yeah, so we need a. We need that weak side defensive end who can who who can command two blockers to keep the weak side linebacker free. See, people forget about that too. I mean, we haven't had much success with the weak side linebacker, except with Josh Bynes, and I still don't understand why they cut him. 
Um, and you know, cause he had a good season and then turned around and had a real good season for the Ravens. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, but we haven't been keeping our linebackers clean and ever since Calais left. And, uh, we, that's something we got to take care of. So, yeah. So, so the three there that I really like, um, are, um, Hargrave, Littleton and Brian Poole. I wouldn't hang on to Alfred. I mean, I like the guy, but two years injuries, um, bad luck, you know, hasn't played now in, in over a year. You can save $4.5 million by releasing him. He'll land with some other team and do well. He's already collected his, his signing bonus. Um, you know, I would, I would free up some money there. Um, and then on that edge, um, I like, I'm fascinated to see how Hassan Reddick plays. I think he's going to be better than people think, but I also think you got to add another edge guy. And the guy I like is mm. Camelot Correa from the Titans, who actually could play. He could play Sam, Will, and Mike. Um, he's got that kind of ability, and he's a good pass rusher um, for his size. He played great in the playoffs. He had a number of sacks, um, rushing, um, blitzing up the middle. That's a guy I really like for the Cardinals if they can get him away from the Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he'd be that expensive either. I don't see the Cardinals having the money to go for a, you know, Clowney or Fowler or no. any of those guys. Do you? Do you think they? I, I think you got to find out what you have in Hassan Reddick first. But I also think in the second round of this draft, there's going to be some some good pass rushers sitting right there. Bradley and I, I, I love him. I think he'd be a great fit. Um, the kid Josh Uchi from um, from Michigan, I like him. There's some feisty pass rushers there in the draft that I think we can pick up to add into the mix there because we need depth. But um, yeah, go ahead. What do you guys got on the other side of the ball? The key thing for me is center. I think if there's one position in this offense up front that I would give priority, it's not left tackle, it's center because. Um, that's where everything begins and ends with this offense. And, um, you know, AQ did an admirable job and it really handed to him, but I think we need to get younger. That's why I like Connor McGovern at center. Um, if we can get him from the Broncos with the history there with Sean Coogler, um, I think that would be a really nice fit. I'm also fascinated with Lamont, um, Lamont, uh, Galliard, um, loved his tape at Georgia. You know, people forget, but he sprang three 1,000-yard rushers while he was there, you know, in, in Chubb and Michelle and uh, Swift. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, that would be, wow, amazing if he could step in there. So I really believe that they like Mason Cole at guard, and I think there's a possibility that he might even beat Swayze out mm-hmm. at, at right guard this season. Um and, you know, maybe they might do something there at right guard, but because uh, Mason Cole deserves to play. I mean, he's too good to be totally. sitting on the bench. Yeah, I think yeah, that's so something me- we'll have to find out with the Cardinals for what they'll do because they have not re-signed AQ Shipley yet, and it doesn't seem like there's any traction being made there. So whether they have plans for center for agency, we do know, and I talked about this with John before last year's draft was, they liked Cole. He played for a whole season, but the Cardinals were very, very much looking into Eric McCoy, who's now the starting center of the Saints in last year's draft. 
had a chance to right. get him, and then the Dolphins traded back from the pick, which the Saints used to select him. He was one of those guys who, obviously, like you said, kind of similar to McGovern, plug in and play for the next you know five to ten years right. for your team. It'll be interesting for if the Cardinals decide to build from the outside in or the inside out because the way that Cliff uses his tackles with running the ball – uh, Humphreys was exceptional for that this year, but they also had issues being able to protect Murray on the edge because the pass rushers couldn't get too far upfield because he could bail. But when we did see him have some pressure off of the edge that was given up, it was one of those interesting cases where it was guys getting around the edge and kind of coming from behind. So uh, it, tackle will definitely be something to figure out if they decide to build from the inside out or outside in. John, let's 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 go to you. If you had to pick one position for the Cardinals to upgrade focus above any other, what would be the position you'd pick? And then talk a bit about some of the the player for that, or some of the other players you'd consider for the Cards after that. Yeah, I think it's because of the fact that I think it's their weakest position group, and I think it's a position group that I don't want to say it's weak in this draft, but I don't think defensive line, defensive tackle, five techniques, or all that in demand in this draft based on, you know, the strength of the draft, offensive tackles, wide receivers, quarterback, and then defensive line, I think is way down. Whereas last year, maybe the year before it was a little bit higher rated. Um, the Cardinals defensive line is by far, I think their weakest position unit across the board. They of course run the, the 34 defense. Corey Peters is back. He had an admirable season last year. I think they're going to roll with him one more. And then they're, they're going to plug Zach Allen in there and see what he can do. I think they're really high on him. But I, I think they have to go out and sign two defensive linemen. Uh, I'm with Walter. I think one of them has to be a, a position of or a player of note, somebody who had success last year that for whatever reason got to the free agent market. I think the, the name that makes the most sense right now based on ties with his defensive coordinator, Shelby Harris, defensive lineman, nose tackle, but can play, could play yeah. the five technique um, from the Denver Broncos. You know, cheap plug, went to my alma mater, Illinois State, has had a nice resurgence to his career. He's going to be 29 when the season starts, but if you can somehow get away with a three-year contract, I wouldn't mind that. Of course, you know, Hardgrave would be a, a dream come true. That would that would be somebody you're, you're rolling the dice on, the peak of his powers, the peak of his right. career in his mid-20s. Of course, Correct. he'd be all over that. Reader for the Houston Texans had a really nice season. DJ Reader, he's going to demand yes. big money. I mean, there's a combination of like two or three guys. You know, I, I wouldn't love Jerron Reed, Jerron Reed from Seattle based on the suspension, but if they had signed him, get a nice second half to last year, there are probably five or six guys I'd be happy with. But like you guys mentioned, the elites, the Chris Joneses, the Armsteads, they're not hitting the market. So the Cardinals are going to have to do their best to supplement. And I've said this previously, they just need solid defensive line play next year. And then I think unless they hit on a mid-rounder, which is possible, I think you're looking at 2021, 2022 in the draft to find that quintessential first or second round defensive lineman to, dra to draft mm. and develop to be your next Calais. I don't think you're going to find that knock on wood. I, I would love to, but I don't think those kind of players hit free agency. You're going to look at maybe trying to swing, roll the dice on one of the names we talked about and then like add like an Ashawn Robinson later on a one- or two-year deal who's who tr tremendous against the run but doesn't offer much in terms of interior pass rush. So defensive line has to be it. They're going to address it. Make no mistake, there's a bunch of names I'd be happy with because last year what they were trotting out week 16, 17, I was astonished that they played as well as they did, and I think that's a testament 
to the coaching staff, but the names on yeah. the on the jerseys just were I think were practice level capable. I, I just so they're they're gonna improve there by default. I think the, mm-hmm. the player that I would that I would target, um, Walter already mentioned it, is um Corey Littleton of the Rams. Not only does it help you, it makes the Rams worse. He <laughs> uh solves multiple needs for you. He's the opposite of Jordan Hinson in the sense that he excels against the run. Littleton, not great against the run, but awesome really against the pass. Can move with tight ends. I think would free up a lot of um, responsibilities for for guys like Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson to allow them to play up to their strengths as well. I would be comfortable giving him um, upwards of you know 14 million a year. Not quite what C.J. Mosley got last year, but Littleton hasn't had the accolades, hasn't made Pro Bowls, that kind of thing. But I think his, his the arrow is trending up. And then I do think they're going to look at a pass rusher um, to compete or to supplant Hassan Reddick. And I've, tweet, I've tweeted out, I think they're, they're going to have interest in Marcus Golden. He's going to turn 29 this spring. Would he be interested in coming back? What kind of deal could you get, in, get him on? I think he's grossly underrated. I saw, I was messaging with Blake, CBS Sports has him under Vic Beasley which is crazy to me. I mean, when yeah, he's healthy, no. he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna hit 8, 9, 10, 11 sacks when he's healthy. Um, and I think we've seen him play well with Chandler before, not that that matters. But I just think reshaping the front seven the best you can, not necessarily going crazy and throwing a bunch of money at one player. If you can get a really good player at a premium price and then supplement the rest of your money toward spot starters or quality depth, I think you're going to be in a really good place. The, I think the secondary is in a good spot right now. Sure, you could always use another corner, but Kime has shown an ability later in free agency in August to pick up, at least he did in his first go-around with the Cardinals, with Arians, to find like the Antoine Casens, those kind of players. A couple other names escape me, but he, he can find depth in the secondary, and they're in a better position anyway uh, now compared to last year. I think offensively you're looking at the draft. Um, outside of, you know, I've said that they're going to have interest in Jack Conklin, if that market doesn't get too crazy, but it, it could very well get out of hand quickly like Mosley did last year and they pivoted to Hicks. But you're going to look at receiver. You're going to look at running back. I think they're going to um, invest on the offensive line again in the draft. Um, the one name that we haven't talked about is Austin Hooper, who I think Tony Pauline floated that they're going to have interest in. I just think that at this point it's going to be too rich. We, we're going to see teams like Seattle. Well, Seattle just pivoted to Greg Olson, so – that they were supposedly one of the teams interested, but Green Bay's supposedly going to have interest. Maybe New England, if, if Tom Brady's pressuring them to add weapons, maybe they go after him. But Austin Hooper is a name that's been connected with the Cardinals. And again, I wrote an article about it. It would not be my first move to make. Would it make them better? Absolutely. It would allow them to add a Pro Bowl player at a position of need and another weapon for Murray, ascending talent in his mid-20s. If they want to pay him big money, again, it's not what I would do but I could get on board with the move because it, 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 it excels Murray's development, does a lot of good things. But I just think front seven is the obvious choice. Pass rusher, in, inside linebacker, defensive line, you can't go wrong with addressing any and all of them. Um, and then, you know, Kime has always done a good job. This is where he excels is finding um, the, the Max Williams later on in free agency, right? Those kind of players, um, where he got in trouble last year is he, he tried to expedite this rebuild and he was claiming players left and right. He's not going to have the temptation to do that because the Cardinals aren't picking first in the waiver claim. They're eighth. They're going to have hopefully a better sense of who they are. The roster is in a better place. So I would love to see Kahn get back to his roots from 2013 to 2015 where he had a really nice free agency stretch and go from there. When he's not thinking Mm -hmm. 
win now. He's just thinking, let's add quality depth and, and, and get players that I think Kingsbury and Joseph can elevate. They're going to be better off. But uh, front seven all the way, Blake. Uh, Walter, go and talk a bit about Marcus Gold. What was your perspective in that? Well, last year, I think you and I were both in the re-signed Golden camp um, as a core player. And we're disappointed that um, they didn't see it that way. Um, I think we were a bit Golden had quite the season while Terrell Suggs was did not. Uh, here's my question now. Now that we've talked about uh, Vance Joseph's system, um, can Marcus Holden play the ten? I don't think he's athletic enough. Um, you know, uh, and we found out that, you know, the reason why Chandler Jones was being used so much in coverage was that, uh, you know, that he had to play Suggs at the at the Jack linebacker and, and you know, Chandler Jones at the Sam, meaning that, you know, the Sam was the guy he right. drifted off into coverage, right? Mm-hmm. So right. I think if, if we're smart about this, if I mean – are you we going to sign someone who's can fit into the base defense or not? And I don't think we want to put Chandler Jones back at Sam. So that's my only question about um, Golden. What do you think about that? I think that it's a, it's definitely a case to be made. I think if you have better coverage at the linebacker position, um, I think it'll be fine. Golden performed well when he was in the Bulls defense in the past, where he's able to. Um, get up field just as far as focusing on an edge rusher. I know that with the updated version, it's kind of almost like a four slash five three. It kind of it's, it's kind of like it's a four three that then adds a fifth guy. It's kind of the way that um, that Wade Phillips defense works, whereas Bulls is much more of uh, put the coverage in the back end. I think it comes down to if you're going to be a team that tries to get pressure with four guys and then drops a lot back into coverage, or if you're going to be a team like how Todd Bowles ran where you're bringing five, then you're not going to have to worry as much because you're bringing a pass rusher. If they decide they want to try to get pressure with four, then you're going to end up being in a spot where I think that you're right. You are going to have to have that linebacker peel off occasionally. That's going to be an interesting question. It's just hard to find guys who are able to obviously rush the passer and cover. That's why there's a lot of people who are trying to really look at a guy like Isaiah Sims, who I said, I, I think that he's kind of more of a honey badger, like safety type where sure he can rush the passer. Sure. He can do it. He can kind of do it all. I just feel like I would be much more prone to, you know, letting the guys in the coverage do what they do. And a lot of that comes down to last year, the fact that the Cardinals were not able to really play uh, very much or they chose not to play very much man coverage. They played a lot of the softer zone and sometimes had the safety move over and double covered. That allowed the... Uh, fact that they had to drop a guy back in like Chandler Jones often enough. So it, it'll be interesting to see how the plan... I just think that I would look at the player and the fact that I just don't know if Vance Joseph is even going to be here 
after the 2020 season. Like, it might not even be a case of performance. He might just end up moving on. The Cardinals might move on. I would at least still then look at the player and try to adapt around those strengths. And I'd put a lot of the onus on, you know, stopping these tight ends on him uh, to say, hey, Vance, like, here, we're going to give you more players. We'll give you some talent. But you got to figure all of this out. And I, I wouldn't say no to adding a guy who – uh, you know, not just for the legacy behind it, but because he's still a good player and he proved that last year ultimately that he can come back and be able to be kind of that partner where Jones isn't having to go out and get, you know, every single game he has to get two and a half sacks and a forced fumble just to get a pass rush for the Cardinals. So um, I think that's yeah. the first. Oh, go for it, John. Uh, sorry, go for it, Walter. I should say John's off the pod now. <laughs> just, just, um, I just have a gut feeling, Blake, that what we really opposite Chandler is a speed guy hmm. and uh, you know because uh, and someone athletic enough who can you know um, make the you know be a factor in coverage I'm not sure you know Golden is fast enough for that position yeah he's, but, a, he's an effort but, guy not an athlete but he's a he's at least ferocious correct. in what he does in tackle so it's, it's a good player but you're right it is a question to have you could. Here's a scenario. I mean, Reddick has the speed to play the sand. So you could split time. You know, if you sign Golden, you, you rush Golden in passing situations. That takes care of that. But in base, you play Reddick. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, when you're not sacrificing, you're not sacrificing Chandler Jones by having him drop off into coverage. Yeah, and you're allowing Reddick uh, to get upfield and let him go where he doesn't have to think as much. I think that's definitely one of the approaches I could see the Cardinals going with this year. Uh, Obviously, if Reddick has to drop into a coverage type of role, even though that may be more of a natural fit, it'll be interesting to see um, how that works out. He's uh, guaranteed his contract this year with the Cardinals. I don't know if he's going to – I think they'll try to trade him. It'll be interesting if they can – Swing that. The other thing that I think is a possibility is just to kind of stop gap it for a year versus giving Golden, you know, um, I think the contract that you'd look at would probably be like, I think someone had mentioned like it'd be about like three years or so, 12 million and maybe 9 million of that's guaranteed. You'd be maybe looking at about, this is me spitballing a bit here, but about $27 million guaranteed. The under what DJ Humphreys is making, there'd be some of those incentives you get up there, but he'd be able to hit free agency again after. Um, after three years without having a huge, you know, cap weight that's that's on there. What I would be curious is, if the Cardinals, if you're looking at this in the long game of building a team, if you're looking at the 2021 offseason, the Cardinals have a lot more cap space. I wonder if maybe that could be your solution is to do what the Cardinals are probably thinking about or wanting to do this year with uh, adding a guy like um, was it Nick Bosa, at least, to be that partner for Chandler Jones. You go out and you pay your defensive tackle, kind of like you pay them a lot with the space, kind of like how you, you know, uh, Chris Jones, maybe not that quite caliber of talent, but if whoever the top right. DT on the Markle would be. And then in the 2021 draft, knowing that's Chandler's last year, you go out and then you find the speed edge rusher, at least depending on where you're picking. And then you've got your team essentially built where then you can have a guy on the cheap for the next four to five years while you're taking the rest of Chandler Jones, essentially his prime in his career that he's going to have just at under age 30. And you're going to be able to pay him whatever mega deal he's looking for. That seems to me to be maybe not as much of a win now move so much as a win future move. I think you'd be essentially not quite 
punting on, you know, the 2020 season, but you'd essentially be saying we're going to go in on the 2021 season and the next two or three years. So I could see either of those being an option. And that's kind of the, uh, this defensive approach under door number one. Um, Here's what I have is I see the other two doors. Door number two, I believe, that a lot of people are looking at is you add impact offensive players. And so what you'd probably look at would be saying what would be the quickest, easiest way to add an impact offensive player to the Cardinals? And the answer is probably would be paying quite a bit of money to either a Jack Conklin or a Robbie Anderson adding either a speedy deep threat for Kyler Murray, you could be on the outside where they just had terrible play on the outside this year. You're probably not adding a Joe Thune um, at guard. You're probably okay with guard. Right tackle would probably be the area you'd look at. But Conklin, I don't know if he's going to make a 16, is it 17 million? Is it going to be under that? that? That's something I'm not sure of, but at that point, you would right. basically say, hey, we're going to go a bit cheaper on D. We're not going to ignore defense. We'll fill in all of those gaps that we'll have. We'll make sure that we can get our offense into being a top five offense. We'll let Drake, maybe they resign, maybe they just let him walk. And then you'd look at a wide receiver at pick number eight. That's kind of more of the go all in on the offense. If the first was all in on defense and then you kind of maybe add your wide receiver on day two, this one you'd focus on the receiver on day one and add as many guys on offense as you can. Door number three is the door I think the Cardinals are going to aim for. I think they're going to go with a bit of both. I think they're going to try to add at least one offensive free agent, whether that's Drake or a lineman or um, I don't know if it'll be Hooper after the DJ Humphreys contract, but I think they'll try to add someone on offense. They'll try to fill in some of those gaps with cheaper players on defense. Um, Maybe they'll pay one guy like a Littleton or a Showbert if they feel it's a need or if they can land one of those defensive tackles. Uh, and then maybe what they'll do is they'll fill in a lot of those holes, and then when you enter the draft, that's where you're going to go and focus on, hey, we'll add a best player that we can on offense or defense in the first round. Uh, whether that's, you know, whether they decide to say, hey, what, if we don't go with Lamb, we see a guy like uh, Derek Brown falls to us. Um, the only players I think they would pass on at least a receiver unless they really, really want to tackle. Uh, that's the other option here is you, you kind of improve both. <laughs> if you improve the trenches, if you – grab a a tackle there so i think those are kind of door number one door number two and door number three are and that's where maybe each of them are a little bit extreme but whenever i look at people whether it's arguments on twitter and comments or just with overall team building seems to be like that's what most people are looking at either you're looking at hey we got to get a better defense and that's what they're keying in on or hey double down on your offensive strength and double down on kyler murray add as much as you can to the offense or you try to focus on balancing out a bit of both, and maybe you don't get as many games on defense as you could. Maybe your offense doesn't jump into the top five, but you're at least a little bit more well-rounded. I have a feeling that that's going to be the approach that they're going to take, but it, it wouldn't shock me if they right. went with option number... Uh, with and That's more of the, uh, hey, we're going... That's kind of the bet, a bit of both is where John and I both settle on to is, hey, bring in all your players on defense, but just draft on offense you're not even going to focus on the defensive tackle and run one around two because you already brought those guys in what are your approaches walter do you think that there's a pro or a con to any of those ones at least or is there something that you would recommend at least as far as kind of maybe the door number four on your end well i think a lot will depend on how much they're willing to you know sort of uh extend signing bonuses beyond, you know, the next few years where they'll have more Mm. cap space because, and then 
maneuver around some contracts and everything because it depends on i mean i'm sort of in the camp if you can get the guys in place for the you know we got a three to four year window um that legitimate window to get good to be playoff worthy and so the sooner you add key pieces that's why you know we were talking about ideally the free agents we get should be on three-year deals for guys who are going into their second contracts like DJ Humphreys, who are, you know, 25 to 27 years old. Um, Hargrave is, um, Littleton is, Littleton's 25, I think actually, um, Hargrave's 26 and pool's 26, you know, those three guys. So targeting someone and guys who are heading into their prime, I think is, would be the ideal way to go. I think the days of these veteran, you know, save veteran signings for like what, what, what Johnny touchdown said, um, which made a lot of sense was, and you said it too, you reiterated, reiterated it is that, you know, save veteran signings for training camp when you need to plug in holes and, you know, um, but John, the first day of free agency lining up Carlos Dansby a few years ago. And then, Mm -hmm. And Terrell Suggs, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, you got to have better diligence and creativity than that. I mean, hmm. you know, signing veterans to, you know, at, at decent money right now is like passing to the guy who's always open on your team in basketball who nobody covers because he can't shoot. I mean, guys just get, at this, at this point, I mean, I don't know about you, but it bo- it bothers me that they're signing veterans who basically take the, you know, they're in the facility, but they don't go to practice. They get all these veteran days off. That would mm-hmm. drive me nuts, particularly in, in a new season. You know, with Fitz getting his one veteran day off a week, that that doesn't bother me at all. But I mean, Suggs was out, you know, two three practices a week. Yeah, they didn't produce um, you know, as a not, result after the fact. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, and it's not helping the team. So we've got to get younger. That's that would be my strategy for one. Connor McGovern coming into a second contract. I would go there with him. I'm fine with Justin Murray. He had he was the best lineman in the last six games of the week uh, of the year, actually by far. I mean by six whole points. I mean he was 69. Point eight. Um, the nearest, closest to him was DJ at sixty three. Mm-hmm. The Pew was um, at sixty three too, and then Sweezy and and uh, actually um, AQ was low sixties and Sweezy was low sixties. Um, they kind of trailed off. So did Pew a little bit. He had a good game, bad game, good game, bad game. So yeah. the three in the middle start to tear down a little bit. Um, and then this offense, that's going to have – the three in the middle have a lot going on. Oh, yeah. um, because here's the strategy now. You have everybody's control rushing, Murray. You don't want to overcommit on the edges. Um, so you got to stay in your lanes and you got to, you know, don't rush out of control. And so what teams are trying to do is rush them up the middle, as you saw. So and then trap him, it's keep him hemmed in. It's what the Cardinals have been trying to do to Russell Wilson for years, and with some success, by the way. Yeah, because you um, have to. Um, 
uh, what is it? You'll have to get the. Uh, you'll have to be able to have him use his height against him then, and that result is basically what teams have worked on doing. Yeah, and then you know he's got nowhere to go but but backwards, um, and you know unless he can find a crease, find a hole up that middle, you know, and our linemen are going to get good at pushing guys wide to create those holes. That's another thing they got to do a little bit better. Just as our receivers, Blake, weren't very well prepared to come back to the ball on scrambles, we really need major work on that. There's no reason why we should have been that poor on on broken plays. Yeah, I, um, I, yeah, they just they just need to figure out what's going on with their uh, receivers, especially outside. Fitz and Kirk were fine. Kirk still, to his credit, had a couple unfortunate drops, but also some good plays. But Fitz yeah. was the only reliable guy coming back to the ball. I know I know John and I have Correct. talked about the the way that this draft is working for receivers. We wouldn't mind if you took two of them because you're probably going to end up taking one of the guys at least in round 1 or round 2 because you do need to get that type of impact receiver outside. It's just it's a need and it's not right. one that you can really address in free agency unless you're willing to overpay a guy like Robbie Anderson and I don't think that they will with where they're picking at 8. But on the back side, if you're talking no, about no. the other side or even life after fits or just the fact of how much 10 personnel that the Cardinals are going to run, I think that if you grab a guy in round four or let's say if you're able to swing a deal with David Johnson, maybe you give up a six, but you get a fifth back. I, I don't know how that would work, but if you're able to then take a second receiver, a receiver taken in round four and five this year will be equal to a receiver taken day two or day three of yeah. last year, and it's so thick with that i don't think the cardinals are going to be lacking weapons over the next two years or so for kyler i think that they will be able to build around in that regard um but it is another case like you said of that is obviously a hole on the team that you need to address and the fact that they didn't address it last year despite drafting three guys is part of why we're going into this draft saying hey you might need to draft a second guy too and you only have six picks right now yeah and i i think i i don't know I'm right, but I'm, my hunch is with the urgency to sign D.J. Humphreys. I mean, they could have waited, I think. and You know, D.J. said himself that he talked the Cardinals into more money. <laughs> um, I think that he, the Cardinals could have waited, but they just wanted to get that done because I don't think there's a – I have no doubt in my mind right now they want C.D. Lamb at number eight. That would make a lot of sense, um, and I, I could see them wanting to get DJ done first just because of trying to beat the rest of the market, I think, is a big thing. Right, um, well, your one bailout was to draft a tackle at eight. Right. So now true. they're not going to draft a tackle at eight. That's out. All right, so now that frees them up. The other thing would have been drafting a stud D tackle at eight. But mm -hmm. if Andrew, you know, Brown is off the, you know, Derek Brown, excuse me, mm -hmm. is off the board, and probably he will be. You know, I don't know if you make it sort of a stretch and go for Javon Kinlaw. Um, he's a nice player, but I'm not sure he's a top ten pick. Yeah, um, yeah. You you can guarantee right now, pretty much, that C.D. Lamp, one of these three wide receivers, C.D. Lamp. Um, actually four I would include because I think they're all really, really good. C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, um, Henry Ruggs, the third, 
who, by the way, is going to dazzle this comp. He's yeah, going to have this combine. I mean, this is going to be his star show. And then uh, he's going to be 4-2. Uh, I have no doubt about that. And then, uh, you know, um, the the Chenault kid from, from uh, Colorado, LaVisca Chenault, um, there's been a couple metal, medical red flags about him. If they just get those straightened out. Uh, mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy, is he, he's got all the skills and he's, you know, if he runs, well, if he runs a four in the four fours at his size, like six two two twenty five, look out. I mean, he, you know, that kid's good. So I think they're, it's a sentimental pick and everybody knows Kyler wants CD. So I think they're, they're going to mm-hmm. try to, here's their strategy. I think you're going to see them sign where their holes are. No matter what that takes, have guys in place so that on the draft, they can take C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy at number eight. Yeah, and I think it'll set up that um, way we, also because there aren't any other wide receivers that are really available to pay in that regard. I think they're going to – I don't. it wouldn't shock me if they don't sign any wide receivers in free agency outside of maybe bringing back uh, a Farrow Cooper or a – Demir Bird, and I could see either of those guys after the plays they made last year potentially getting more from another team that needs a receiver than the Cardinals may be willing to offer, especially with guys like Keyshawn Johnson. You've got Hakeem Butler, who I think that they're, I don't know if they've got future plans for him specifically, but Andy Isabella seems to be a guy that they've talked about of having long-term plans for of just developing into uh, kind of that slot role in the Kling, in the Kingsbury offense, similar yeah. to how the Patriots use Edelman is just Aaron to use a mismatch, but then run him deep as well. I, I think that they're in, previously they signed what was it the um, was it Bryce Butler previously a year ago along with Greg Little, and then oh, yeah. the last year we saw them sign uh, it was not just Kevin Bird, White. but they went Kevin White, and then they brought in Michael Crabtree as well. I don't think that they're going to make any – wouldn't shock me if they made a move like that, but I just don't see them investing the money outside of bringing back one of their own guys. And since it's an outside wide receiver, it, it's got to be Demir Bird, I think, is the speed guy that they'll bring back just for that consistency, even though Cooper's a guy who I know that they seem to have raved about and he made some clutch catches. I think that's going to be their move, and I think, like you said, it's, it is yep. going to be a desire out of that personal aspect. And as we've seen with Cliff, like – Everything to some degree is personal. He wanted Kyler. Kyler being with Cliff Kingsbury cleared up a lot of people um, as far as for that when it was going to go. For some people, it was very quick. For others, it was on draft day. It became clear. But you're already hearing stuff with the Bengals, with Joe Burrow, where there's questions about that with ownership and coaching, however that's going to work out. There was never a doubt for that with Cliff and with Kyler. And with how big the need is, the timing of Fitzgerald, um, it it wouldn't shock me if um, people have talked about Lamb's 40 time. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes out and runs a 4-4-8, essentially matching what Larry Fitzgerald's time was at the Combine. He still has been used so well as a deep threat. I think that it's going to be a pretty easy way to check off the box for that one. And obviously, as the fit that we've seen is natural. Yeah, Fitz was 4-6, right? No, at the combine he ran a four four eight. That's what a lot of people say it was four oh, six, did? and that's what he's projected. But you go back and you look at the oh. times for that. It was either either he, I think it was either he didn't run at the combine or he did, and it was a four four eight. But that was exactly what it was. It was under that four five time, and that sometimes happens when players who are just naturally athletic end up um, 
Yeah, it was at the combine. It was the four four eight was the time at the combine he's listed for that one. When you get players who are naturally athletic in that regard, who are like, oh, he's going to run at this speed, he's going to be a bit slow. When they get the time to just sit down, train, and only focus on just increasing that speed, we saw that happen with Tyron Matthew. I know who most people projected he was going to run like a four five. Uh, 40 like hey it's not as fast on tape as he might look he got that speed right. down to a four four five in the combine and it shocked a lot of people um that just ends up being yeah. the case when all you have to do is train worry about one thing which is your speed and even though i'm kind of sad kyler murray didn't run the 40 just to see kind of how that would have turned out and put on a show right uh, it wasn't really as much needed all you're looking for essentially is a check in the box for the cardinals that isn't really a concern uh, like we've said, uh, it comes down to the approach. I think the Cardinals out of it, people would say, well, are you not taking then a better player? What about with need? And I'm not as concerned about as much of that, I think, because I believe the Cardinals next year will still be in a position to grab a great defensive tackle or an edge rusher uh, or even a great all-around player. We saw Ch- Shaq Thompson went in late first round. He's a similar player, maybe not as good, obviously, as Isaiah Simmons. Right. I don't believe they're going to be in position to grab another wide receiver one next year. We don't even know what next year's class is going to look like or where they'll be picking. So to me, it makes a lot of sense. And of the two, and this is going to be my kind of take, like you said, I think the Cardinals would probably have a guy like Henry Ruggs ranked higher than they would a Jerry Judy. I think Ruggs maybe is closer to what a Tyreek Hill may be, or maybe even a T.Y. Hilton. And I think that Judy's probably like the completed version of Robert Woods, and he's still, but with a four-three speed, uh, as far as for how he plays. I think all three of them are great, but as far as the Cardinals fit, I could see them having Lamb being the top guy on their board, just for the way that Kingsbury's offense works. And I think that they could have Rugs essentially being a surprise for some at them at the second. Yeah, I, I'm. This combine's gonna put Rugs right up there with everyone. I. I, I pretty confident of that i think that's a good that's a good assessment um judy's pretty hard to pass on though too because he's oh he's so good yeah so polished you know a lot will depend blake on judy's time i mean i I know i think he's gonna hit the four threes i think that he'll either hit low four four or he'll hit four three because he was running as a freshman in the low four fours when he came into alabama so He's in the four threes. I don't think you can take rugs over him. Well, maybe maybe the whole package. You know, if if, if he is, and and you know, because he's got the entire package um, and the production. I mean, rugs. You know, the the worry is, you know, is he a, will he be a John Ross, or will he be a, um, you know. Um, T.Y. Hilton or a, or a downtown Brown. Now that's where I think you're, you're, you're hitting a home run there because, you know, look at Murray with Hollywood Brown at yep. Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you made the, you made the, the good analogy. Could he be a Tyreek Hill? What I see from Ruggs is not as, you know, Tyreek Hill's tough. That's true. That's a you good know, point. He, yep. Uh, Ruggs, strike me as, you know, very physical, although that can change. Yeah, so he's good he's at moral. making contested catches, but he's not one of those guys who might, when you talk about a bully, Tyree can be a 
little bully. Now, to his credit, Tyreek is a guy who just scores all the time. Like, he's like a touchdown machine. Ruggs basically scored almost like, a, like what was it, a third of the time or a four, quarter of the time he touched the ball at Alabama. He didn't have a lot of catches, but when right. he did, it was touchdowns. That's part of the reason why he didn't have a lot of catches was because when he got the ball, he scored. Right. And I think arguing over the three versus just accepting each of those three is great and being happy if the Cardinals do decide to go down that route to take one is good. And I'm looking forward to the uh, combine next week. We'll have a bit of coverage, at least for that as it goes on. Um, It's definitely one of the more fun things. And the combine is also where, you know, we started hearing the draft rumors from last year of Kyler Murray going at number one is where those took off and it'll be interesting to hear what Cardinals news will be related um, before we get out of here um, if you want to say anything else that you have or just plug yourself or your own work Walter um, that would be fantastic go ahead the floor is now yours my friend well thanks a lot Blake it's always good to be on with you and John Johnny um, you guys are uh, tremendous fans and and uh, really good podcasters so it's a joy to be with you guys, and uh, I'm really excited. Um, I'm a little nervous now about the the uh, remaining cap space. I was hoping we'd have more going in because this is a really critical, um, you know, free agent period for us. And uh, I'm just hoping we'll have some nice surprises and they can, you know, um, touch as many of the bases we, as, as we need because – Let's face it, we're going to need a D-tackle. We're going to need a um, weak side linebacker. We're going to need, um, you know, you might be right that secondary might be if they hold on to everybody they have now. Um, I, I'm not sure they have to add a piece there. Definitely at least a, you know, someone like a Cassius Marsh, maybe not him, but someone who can do that role, um, be the like the third edge rusher um if they can't get one of the uh you know marquee guys i'm not sure they're going to be able to afford to pay someone like littleton and pay an edge rusher in this in this free agency but then on the other side we're going to need to they have the huge decisions to make on the at center and uh I'm, i'm hoping they stick with justin murray just talk about marcus gilbert um signing and I can't imagine him being too expensive mm-hmm. at this point and it sounds to me like he wants to still play and that he kind of likes it in Arizona and he's taking a shining to some of the teammates so it would be nice to have him as depth and maybe maybe he wins because he had a hell of a camp last year right maybe he wins that you know then you have Murray as the swing tackle you know that's a win-win um I like the kid Murray um, I think he's a pretty solid player. So yeah, if you can you know, get one of those steals from undrafted free agency that ends up turning into a quality player, that's one of the ways you can win in this league. Yeah, and, you know, and if things don't work out with Kenyon Drake, keep an eye on DeAndre Washington, who they probably could get for half the price, <laughs> who's yeah. thrived in um, in the system at, at Texas Tech, and has the relationship with Cliff. I, I think he would be a nice nice addition and you know next year they really need to go in with three running backs and i'll be interested to see what the david johnson situation holds i can't imagine them going to be able to trade him 
yeah, the contract is just. We'll see. It's, it'll be crazy that after they can get it where they can get him to on a one essentially one year deal for about six and a half million dollars or so as the third down back for the Bucks, and uh, that would be probably about the only case you'd have to still take on. Obviously, you know the ten million of that sixteen or so, but you'd at least get enough relief from that where it's about what is that about like three and a half right. four million dollars or so to be able to sign another guy and david gets a fresh start you're not right. having to worry about him you could put that towards those guys so we'll we'll see what happens if it gets done you or know. if the cardinals will have to give up like hey we're gonna give you guys david johnson and a seventh you give us a sixth and cap relief back that would be the way i would look at it and i think that there's some teams like miami and um indianapolis who have cap space and would have a need for one of those backs at least in, for sure in miami but you never know you gotta have to find the player and teams have been watching so yeah so yeah. um and i the most ideal scenario for me with David Johnson, my way of thinking is that he comes back with a vengeance and we see the David Johnson of old. I think second year in this system would prop, you know, he could prop from that. You know, David Johnson's had three offensive systems in three years. That's a lot for him. He's not a, you know, fast processor, as we know. And some, you know, being a teacher, I know, you know, it doesn't mean he's, he's, you know, um, lacks intelligence. I think he's very intelligent. It's just a lot in that offense to process. And David Johnson is a, you know, he's a perfectionist and he overthinks. That's part of the reason why I think we're seeing him not hitting the holes fast. You know, I, I think he's just a mental mess right now, just trying to do the right thing. Um, and not feeling particularly, um, fluent in the offense itself. But with a year under his belt and knowing this offense coming in, I mean, you know, we'll the, the real David Johnson could emerge here. And if that's the case, we're still talking about a Pro Bowl caliber running back because he's got the skills, right? So, and then we'd get our money's worth. And it wouldn't be a, another fallout like the Matthew. So we can't keep doing that. I mean, we can't have this reputation of signing guys. I mean, I don't know about you. I'm paranoid now. I feel like whoever they throw thirty million at, it could go in. You know, could go soft. And I don't know if you noticed this, but at the at the press conference for DJ, one of the one of the media asked him. So now that you have the money, you're going to go soft. Mm-hmm. You know, where did that come from? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a good point for that. Um, I do think um, part of it also is we've seen all. It's not just the Cardinals; it's all these other teams who have paid running backs. It's just it's not a great position to invest a ton of money into, unfortunately. And Cardinals chose to make that. I thought that it was going to be an okay contract because I thought you'd get at least two years out of David Johnson. And if worst came to worst, you could move him to a full time wide receiver near the later portion. But it just seems yeah. like that the yeah. fire went out a little uh, earlier. So let's uh, let's wrap up with uh, going over just some of the questions that some of the listeners submitted how do we see the running back room shaking out between dj's contract and Kenyon drake's free agency i think in a perfect world you'd talk about them moving on from both guys moving dj's contract and deciding to say hey we can pay a running back even if you look at a guy like the dobbins or the uh, i call him the fresh prince of hell air <laughs> if you could move on to one of those backs as your uh, kind of split back with Chase Edmonds starting off as your lead back and then bringing a cheap veteran for, you know, a vet minimum guarantee or 
probably good to go there. We talked about the ideal realistic free agency. For me, I think it starts with you would spend the majority of your cap on um, bringing in Corey Littleton, or I would be fine with Joe Schobert if you miss out on Littleton. He goes too high. believe the Rams aren't going to be able to keep him. And then I would look at Marcus Golden and see if because Marcus has been around before and likes them, I would see if he would give essentially a team-friendly deal where he gets paid, but he pushes a lot of his cap into year two and then year three. Or essentially, he signs a four-year deal with the team is what I would look at. Maybe you'd say a three-year deal where a lot of that weight comes in year two. But then you could at least fit in some of the other guys. I think then uh, my ideal free agency would then bring in um, uh, probably a safety, at least from Denver, if you could uh, be able to form it. I know Will Parks is a name we've mentioned for a while. That would kind of address each of the three different um, levels if you could pair Will Parks with maybe a small one-year deal for uh, a guy like a Derek Wolf would then be at least someone who knows the scheme and the system is a veteran doesn't have to play as much all the time and then on the offensive side I think you would probably stick with the course like if you sign a Jack Conklin you're not going to be able to really pay any of those guys so that would be my ideal free agency we've talked a lot about him I think it'd be a great upgrade for the offense but just feel like you're at that point where you can at least draft a tackle in maybe the second round after or the third round even if you like a running back and be able to then develop them to kind of take over if you need be or have a developed guy who's able to go through with that. Uh, we already talked a lot about the free agents for that one. I just said I wouldn't pursue Conklin. Uh, looks like that's it for the questions I have. Walter, we've already actually we are you've already answered your question. We know exactly what your um, ideal free agency is. We talked about those three guys of Javon Hargrave of being able to bring in um, Brian Poole and then obviously Littleton at inside linebacker. Is there any other sleepers that you would want to bring in as we wrap up for tonight on the Revenge of the Birds podcast? Um, well, I do think they're going to make a run at Conklin. Depends how, um, you know, from from some of the things that I've, I've heard and I know they're very high on him. Um, and, and he would be, a, you know, wow, a stalwart for hopefully if he could stay healthy, but he looked real good this year. And, um, you know, uh, I went back and watched his college tape and at left tackle and I was very impressed. Um, you know, um, in the big 10, he, he played great. So, I think that's that's an eye to keep an that's a guy to keep an eye on, and uh, you know, I'm interested to see what they do with the backup quarterback position too. Oh yeah, I mean I like Benton, I I like him, um, but you know they brought in this kid, that, you know, uh, who's going to be fun to watch, but I think he's a more of a you know um, gadget player. Um, Taysom Hill, mini Taysom, hopefully, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and. Um, you know, but but some they're going to have to figure out, uh, you know, who who fits their system. I hope it's Brett Hundley, but I think Brett Hundley deserves probably what would you guess three million? Yeah, it would I seem mean, like he would. It seemed like he would probably be that last year. Yeah, a little bit for that. I, I still have a gut feeling, and we'll see what happens as far as for how that rotates out. But with so many quarterbacks in the move this year, I can't possibly see. Um, 
I can't possibly see any team that's going to be giving any type of starting money or the money that would be worth it to Case Keenum, who uh, this is from the beginning of Cliff Kingsbury's coaching day. So I could see him being brought in on maybe right. a two-year deal, and then that's a two-year deal slash, hey, guess what? We just added a quarterback added a quarterback coach to the room for Kyler Murray. That would seem to make sense. And we know the Cardinals had a lot of interest in him last year. Came down to the Redskins were willing to trade a fifth-round pick for him, and the Cardinals, their highest pick was a sixth, and they already had traded that away for Marcus Gilbert. So uh, I think that'll be something to be able to watch. Um, but, yeah, that will about wrap it up for us tonight. Um, again, you can follow Walter and his work on revengeofthebirds.com. Uh, you can also be able to follow our podcast there. Make sure that you're subscribing so you can get the updates. We'll have this podcast as part two. We'll have, uh, obviously, if you're listening to last week's, that will come out most likely. will be on Friday morning. This will be launching on early Monday morning. If there's any other news that's updated or anything past that, we'll be happy to break that down and uh, break that down as well as getting into the combine and having uh, it's going to be a fun week of NFL football with all of this happening. Uh, thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. In the meantime, go Cardinals.